We don't hear much from the epistle of James. It's a short little book, and so it doesn't last long in our lectionary, and that might be part of why we don't hear much of it. But also, it's a book with a bad rap. Martin Luther, in particular, disliked the book of James so much, he tried to have it expelled from the canon. He was unsuccessful in his attempts, but James, it seems, the book never quite recovered. Perhaps for its directness of speech or its emphasis on good works as marks of justification, James is a tough one. The truth is, James is a powerful witness to the Christian community of its time. Really, of any time. James doesn't pull any punches. Written in some of the finest Koine Greek of the Bible, James argues elegantly, convincingly, of the moral imperative of every Christian— of commitment to community and commitment to Christ. And in our reading this morning, James again presents some rather outrageous ideas. Visit the sick? Lay hands on them? Pray? Preposterous. In the culture in which James was writing, those who were sick or poor or both were folks to steer clear of. Health, after all, attracts health. Wealth, of course, attracts wealth. To hang out with those folks would bring such things upon your household. In that culture, the poor and the mentally or physically sick were set apart, ostracized, really. Like stayed with like and didn't mix with the likes of them. So for James to imply that not only should a faithful Christian think about a sick person from time to time, but should also pray for a sick person and, heaven forbid, lay hands and anoint a sick person, it was likely a tough pill to swallow. James compels his community, the Christian community, to open wider the doors of the church, to build the walls further and further out, to encompass more, to love more, to pray more. It probably wasn't a very popular stance. Luckily for us in this modern day, we don't have these issues. Or do we? We Christians, we do go out into the world. We do clothe the naked. We feed the hungry. We lay hands on the sick. We comfort the afflicted. We do work for peace. We do pray. We do these things because our gospel tells us to do so. That is what we Christians do. But how many of us are really doing them with our own two hands? We here, we're a big church. 3,000 strong. 3,000 people could make some change in this city. We could. But there aren't 3,000 people here today worshiping. There aren't 3,000 people involved at Threads or in Christian social ministries or in adult formation. I haven't seen that many learning about the gospel in our classes I haven't seen that many volunteering with threads or getting their names on the eCare email prayer list. 
And we are a strong, vibrant Christian community committed to living out the gospel in the world. But it's not enough for just a few people to go out and lay on hands. It's not enough for just a couple of us to learn about our scriptures. It's not enough for just a few of us to go out and preach the gospel in story and in action. It's not enough for some of us to clothe the neediest or hold hands with the loneliest. It requires all. The responsibility of the Christian community, everyone in the Christian community, James tells us, is to do these things as the expressions of grace we have already received from God. We are blessed, my friends, blessed with belovedness. And we must proclaim that blessing in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds. All of us, everyone, not just a handful of representatives. We don't do this because it leads to our own salvation. We don't proclaim the gospel to save our own skin or in order to win something good for ourselves. Our prayers for the sick, the friendless, and the needy, those prayers do not make us loved. God loves us whether we deserve it or not. We are loved by the very nature of being God's precious children. We pray because we are loved. We pray, or we should pray, as James implores us, for healing, for forgiveness, for thankfulness, for sheer joy. We pray because we are already forgiven, loved, and free. No one is outside of that forgiveness. No one is outside of that love. Exclusivity is a human construct, not a godly one. And so we pray for everyone. And prayer isn't what you do when you have no other options, when you've run out of roads, when nothing more can be done. Prayer should be the people of God's first response in every situation. We pray in our hearts. We pray with our words. We pray with our hands. We pray as individuals. We pray as a Christian community of faith compelled to do so by a God who loves us unconditionally. We pray with our words and we pray with our actions. We are called to be a people of relentless and passionate prayer, each of us, all of us. Not one of us is released from duty for caring for those inside and outside of our community. So go forth, my friends. Go forth into the world and pray with your heart and with your soul. Pray with your words and with your actions. Pray deeply. Pray passionately. Pray without ceasing.